of Psalms, just my main text, Psalm 89 and verse 34, and I'll be preaching part 5 of the blood covenant. And this is an attempt, note my words, an attempt to wrap it up. There is power, so much power in the blood of Jesus. That blood cleanses, that blood heals, that blood delivers. It is so powerful in Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 when the saints were combating with the devil and the angels of God were involved. Actually, it's, it's, a, uh, it's like a prophecy of a battle to still happen in the end of the world, the end of the age. But the Bible already gave us an insight into it. It said they did everything but they couldn't overpower this guy. Until they applied two things. In verse 11, it said they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. What does that part mean? We don't talk about it much. They loved not their lives unto the death. If you have been taking the discipleship class, you will probably understand it. Because the writer of that portion, that topic in the discipleship class of the Stone Church, I don't know who the writer is, but the writer put it there. <laughs> the explanation is there. But in a nutshell, they loved not their lives unto the death means they didn't stop confessing. They continued. It is easy to start confessing. I can tell you that I've been confessing God's word for a number of years. But I also know that there comes a time when you can begin to be weary and to be weak. When especially the devil starts convincing you that your confession is not making any difference in your life. You're confessing I'm healed, I'm healed, but you're sick. You're confessing I'm blessed, I'm highly favored, but you're broke. In the face of the obvious. So why are you wasting your time? Why don't you spend that time to do one or two things? And I tell you what, the devil will give you suggestions. It will suggest things to you that you can do with your time. So you can self-help. Get some self-help because he's trying to tell you that this word of God is not working. But I'll tell you the word works. Can I have an amen? <laughs> Jesus said it's easier for heaven, the whole of heaven. Do you have an idea the whole of heaven, what it looks like? The entire planet of heaven to pass away than for a jot or a tittle, a comma of his word to not come to pass. But in the face of adversity, in the heat of the fairy furnace, when you are between the rock and the hard place, when you are between the devil and the deep blue sea, when tire hits the road, it is easy to forget what we have learned, what we have been taught, what we have practiced over the years. Because sometimes we get temporarily carried away by the weight of the affliction of the moment. But the devil is a liar. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Can I have an amen to that? Whatever you are going through this morning is temporal. Let me tell your neighbor, say it is temporal. It will pass. No, 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 no. You are not saying it like you're convinced. Help me preach to your neighbor. Say, it is temporal. 
Okay, tell them it is temporary. And it will pass. A new day will come. A new season will come. Let me tell them, a new you will emerge. Glory be to God. I said, glory be to God. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, their confession. And they loved not their lives, even unto the death. In the face of death, they kept confessing. By his stripes, I'm healed. Glory be to God. My focus this morning, Psalm 89, verse 34, as our text. God swearing. God making a statement that we can take to the bank and cash. I want you to know as we progress in our work with God that God is not a casual God. God is a covenant-keeping, covenant-conscious God. God doesn't have casual, casual, casual friendships. God keeps covenant relationships. So if you want to be a friend of God, you have to be a covenant-conscious person. God said, my covenant will I not break, nor alter, that is change, the thing that is gone out of my lips. If I say you are blessed today, I will not come back tomorrow and say, no, you are not blessed anymore. That's what God is saying. If I say you are healed, believe you me, you may still have the symptoms in your body, but the truth is that the truth will prevail over the facts. The fact is that you still have the symptoms, but the truth is that you are healed. When did I get healed? The moment God said so. Can I have an amen to that? That's why God doesn't make mistakes, and he had better not make mistakes. <laughs> because if he looks at you and says, goat, the next thing you hear is bleating. No, 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 no. When did you become a goat? The moment God said so. But God doesn't make mistakes, amen? He looks at you and says, beloved. He looks at you and says, precious. He looks at you and says, chosen generation. He looks at you and says, holy nation. He looks at you and says, royal priesthood. He looks at you and says, blessed and highly favored. He looks at you and says, you are healed. Glory be to God. I said, glory be to God. He said, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. I don't change what comes out of my lips. People change. People are fickle in their convictions. People change their promises. They fail. They promise and they fail, but not God. And we had better begin to know God. Me, I'm, I'm in a process now of learning my faith again. My, my, the ABCs of faith. Working with God in all simplicity and saying, Lord, I don't know, but I want to know. I don't know you yet, but I want to know you. I won't come to a point where I say, oh, you know, I've known everything I need to know about you. No, Lord, I, I want to know you. Because the more you know, the less it seems you know. The more you know, the more you want to know. Paul, with all the knowing that he had, he said that I may know him. You're wondering, with all the epistles you've written, you still want to know him? That I may know him. The Almighty God is too big for our peanut-sized brain. The Almighty God is too big for our little mind. That's why many, many times when he gives you a revelation of himself, he has to compress it to the extent that your spirit can, can have the capacity to, to assimilate him. The Almighty God. And guess what? We have a covenant relationship with this Almighty God. 
It should give us confidence in the issues of life. I may not be connected in Asso Rock. I may not be connected in the White House in America. I may not be connected in Buckingham Palace, Westminster in the UK. But I am connected to the one that sits upon the throne. The governor among the nations according to Psalm 22 and verse 28. And I'm in a covenant relationship with him. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. He's my father. And so I can come to him and say, Abba, father. For we have not been given the spirit of bondage again to fear. Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. But the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, father. We can call him father. We can call him daddy. He's my daddy. He's your daddy. Glory be to God. In the study of the blood covenant, we've looked at uh, the traditional Jewish covenant ceremony. And I'm just going to do a quick recap and then move very quickly this morning. There are at least seven steps when the Hebrew community want to cut a covenant between two people or between two parties or between two families. Now, why do people cut covenant? They cut covenant because the two of them want to be one. They want to be one strong family. Every human being has their areas of strength and their areas of weakness. So these people want to cut covenant with these people and they want to come together so that they can be one strong family. So you can, you, with your strength, make up for my inadequacies and I can, with my strength, make up for your own inadequacies. Are, are you getting what I'm saying this morning? It's essentially because they want to be one strong and powerful indomitable family. I gave us an example. You can have a, a family where they are all farmers. You have another family where they are all hunters. Now, the hunter family, they, they are very strong and powerful. They have all the bronze and the muscles. But guess what? They are hungry. They are hungry. They can fight, but they are hungry. They don't have enough food in their home. And then you have this family, this farmer family, they have all the yams, tubers of yam, apples, onions, garlic, tomatoes, everything in abundance. But guess what? Armed robbers come against them and defeat them. Time and time again, beat them up and steal their stuff. So they need the protection from that family. While that family needs the food and the supply from this family. Are you with me this morning? And so they say, okay, look, guys, let's not die in isolation. We are meant to be together. We are meant to cooperate together. No man is an island. Can we come together and infuse our strength? That is the purpose of the covenant. And so they come together. They choose a day. They choose a time. They choose a venue. And all of the families will come together. This family on this side, that family on the other side. And the first thing they do is to choose a representative. And the representative has to be the very best in this family and the very best in that family. The smartest, the strongest, the one that is most presentable. While the council of elders will sit behind them and the council of elders will sit behind this other guy, they sit behind them because they want to hear what they are going to say. Because what you say in the covenant is very important. It remains binding on both parties. Are you with me, church? And so they come together, step number one. Step number two is going to be the cutting. And when we talk about the cutting, this time it's going to be the cutting of the animals. Remember I explained to us the, the animal will be cut from the base of the skull. That's the way they did it in the traditional ancient Jewish culture. They will cut it from the base of the skull. That's from the back. And then rip it open and then allow blood to flow. 
and they open it up like this one part here one part here and then blood in between because those guys are going to swear in the blood of the animal that's a serious matter you are standing in the blood they will walk in the in an eight figure eight manner and then they will swear to each other and that swearing remains for at least eight generations I swear <laughs> they swear number three step number three the representatives will exchange their coats I give you my coat you give me your coat so I now look like you and then you now look like me the coat is a symbol of the authority I give an example when you have for example uh, 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 a soldier in the, the lowest rung of the ladder in the army who goes to the office of a general and the general removes his jacket and puts it on this private. They call them private in America. And then the private wears the army general's uniform and then goes to the barracks. Everybody that sees him will salute him. They are not saluting him because of him. They are saluting him because of what he's putting on. He's putting on the uniform of a general. All the stars are there. And that's not a cheap thing. Before, because before you become a general, you must have fought some wars and battles. They exchange their coats. Number four, they exchange their weapons. Whatever represents your weapon of warfare. You give it to me, I give mine to you. So you can imagine the hunter comes with a gun or some dangerous leather weapons that he can use to destroy somebody's life. And the farmer comes with his cutlass and hoe, the farm utensils, and so they exchange. So the farmer becomes the hunter, the hunter becomes the farmer. That is passing the message to the enemy. Say, hey, beware. Be careful. I'm no longer just a farmer. I'm now in agreement with a fighter, a warrior. I'm a warrior now. Don't mess with me. Step number five. Then this is when they cut their flesh. They cut their flesh and drip the blood. I don't know, ushers, do you have those cups now? I asked for them last week. Do you have those transparent cups and uh, uh, wine? Please get them, get them ready if you can. Get them across to me. I'm just going to use two people as an example. But I need to move on quickly. So please get them. Number six, I want the cups to be transparent so that people can see the content. We can use the small communion cups, the transparent ones. Number six, step number six, the covenant meal is eaten. They eat the meal. They rejoice. They feed each other bread. They say, this bread is my body. I'm offering you my body. I will give you my body before I let you starve. Meaning, before you ever starve, before I ever allow you to go hungry, I would have died, first of all. I would have given you all that I have. My body. That's the power of a covenant. <laughs> covenant is not a small thing. You're putting your life on the line. I will do anything before anybody can get you. Before they can get you, they must have got me. And finally, number seven, the exchange names. The exchange names. Are those cups transparent? Okay, thank you. Can I have uh, two guys wearing jackets? Quickly. Tosin Ario, you're wearing a jacket. And uh, Fola, yeah. You're wearing a red jacket. I want to demonstrate this. Come up, come up here. 
Uh, Paulo Richie, can you help us move this to the side so that I want them to stand here and I want people to see. Now, uh, Fala, come here, over here. He's representing the family. She's wearing glasses. The family of professors. They have brain, but they can't fight, as you can see. But they can fight. They can sentence you to life imprisonment with this brain. They know how to write something and make you sign it. You know Nigerians, we sign anything. You're downloading the software and then they put terms and agreement, terms and conditions, right? How many of you read the terms and conditions in those software? You just, you just scroll. I agree. <laughs> These are the people. That's the family. So catch this guy after service. Very brainy, but not brawny. Smart upstairs, but cannot fight. But look at this guy. He's rugged. Look at his beards. Even the beards intimidate anybody. And he's got big chest and all of that. So you, you come against this guy, he's going to crush you, but you can get him to sign anything easily and he doesn't know what you're doing. No. These are the software people, they sign. The people that sign. This one's make it up, this one's sign it. So this guy has been to, he's been in trouble several times because of signing some agreement. This guy has been beaten up on the street by some guys that he didn't even offend. And he thought, look, enough is enough. And this guy thought, look, enough is enough. Can we come together? And there's blood between them. Can you both walk in the blood? Walk in the blood. Imagine there is blood here. Okay, figure eight mana. Don't collide. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. And then you stand there. You're still in the blood. Now, can you exchange your coat? Exchange your coat. It's part of the steps. I won't ask you to exchange weapons because you don't have weapons. You didn't bring weapons to church. Yeah. Hallelujah. As you're exchanging coats, you're swearing to each other. You're making promises. Your enemies will be my enemies. Your friends will be my friends. Anybody comes against you, I'll come against them. I swear, I swear in this blood, in the blood of this animal. So it might not fit well. That's part of the covenant. It might be oversized. That's part of the covenant. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, because when you wear the suit, the coat of your big brother is usually oversized, right? And Jesus is our big brother. Hallelujah. Woohoo! That's why when they see you, they know this is not you. That's how he gets the glory. Because they said this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our sight. Can I have an amen? It's oversized. Sorry, Fofie. Fofie is, a, Fofie is Ghanaian. She doesn't understand. It will be bigger than you. But you wear it all the same. That's why when you do certain things, people marvel. Ah, this little boy did this. It is not you. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Can I have an amen? Even Jesus did not take credit for any of the, the, the miracles he performed in John 14, 10. He quickly said to us in the B part of it, he said, the words I speak, they are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me, because I have a covenant with him, the Father that dwelleth in me, he is the one that owns the coat. He's the one that does the work. Are you with me, church? Now, let's get to that point where they cut their flesh. Uh, 
Can I get a, I want to really cut these guys. A razor blade or knife. I want to injure somebody here this morning. Bring, bring your hand. Don't be afraid. So we take a knife as the priests. Now I want, I want to see some expression of pain. The guy is smiling. Put some. That's okay. Now, now hold this. That's 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 your blood right there. Place the cup under him. I want to cut him. Don't let the blood flow on the on the altar. Oh yeah. Now I have the blood of this guy and the blood of this guy. And in that covenant practice, a covenant actually makes two one. A covenant, covenant means a cut where blood flows. That's the meaning of covenant. So I have the, the blood of two different families mingled together. Glory be to God. Now, can you tell the difference between his blood and his blood? Can you answer me, church? Do you know your blood here? Can you recognize your blood here? The two have become one. He has made of one blood. One blood. This is what Jesus has done. He has brought us from every nation of the earth and he has made us of one blood in the covenant that he caught with the father and how did we get into that covenant if we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior we come into the covenant the covenant essentially is between the father and the son and I'm going to show you that in the scripture this morning now the blood is mingled and the blood is one the priest is not going to taste the blood, but they will. The Bible tells us in Leviticus that the life of the flesh is in the blood. So this is my life I'm giving to you. You are giving him your life. You are giving him your life. You are saying if anybody comes against you, I'd rather die before I let them have you. I will shed my blood for you. Do we have such friends today? We have friends who are with us when things are good. And when things are not so good, they are not even willing to associate with you. Now you drink. Drink the blood. Don't finish it. This blood seems sweet for La. I almost finished the whole thing. Now, look up everybody. What is going on here is very serious. During that covenant ceremony, everybody pays attention. 
Because your future is being determined here. This covenant will last at least eight generations. A generation is a period of 40 years. So, you're talking about all the people there, their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, their great-great-grandchildren. So, you better know what they are signing. You're not on your phone. They're determining your future. You can't be on the phone. You can't be talking to friends. You must pay attention. And one of the things in the Bible is that we must pay attention. One of the key elements I, I, I shared with those who were here early this morning, 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 2, the day when Elijah was going back to heaven, Elisha was going with him. They journeyed from Bethel, no, from, I think, Gilgal, to Bethel, to Jericho, and then to Jordan. Elisha said, no, Elijah said to Elisha, go back. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going home. He said, Master, no, I, I, I'll go with you. I'm not going to heaven with you, but I'm, I'm going to go on this journey with you. Then Elijah said to Elisha, what is it that you want? Please listen to me, everybody. This is very important. What is it that you want from me? You've served me all these years, but what exactly do you want? Because this guy was going back to heaven. And Elisha said, I want a double portion of your spirit. That's double portion of your anointing, the anointing on your life. Then Elijah said to Elisha, you've asked for a very hard thing. Very difficult. <laughs> I didn't anoint myself, God anointed me. Now you are placing a demand on double portion of my anointing. He said, but let me tell you what, you're going to have it. Then he put a condition. If you see me when I'm caught up. Thank you, media. That's in verse 10. Second Kings, and verse, uh, chapter 2 and verse 10. And he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. If, nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken from thee, my takeoff moment. If you have ever traveled by plane, by aircraft, there is a takeoff moment. There is a moment the aircraft will taxi on the runway. Then there's a moment that just the pilot takes off. He said, if you see me at that takeoff moment, listen, in every service, there's a takeoff moment. May you not miss your moment. Amen. When you get to the airport and they say your plane has taken off, what does that mean? You're stranded. You've lost that ticket, you have to go and buy another one. No story. May you not miss your flight. It's not a palatable experience. I was close to that years ago. This was in Houston, Texas. I was very close like this because I was arguing. I didn't want to pay for, for my bag. I didn't know that I had to pay for my bag. I was going to Orlando, Florida. I had $100 to feed myself during the uh, entire week of the pastor's conference. And um, I had to pay the money for the bag. And I was pleading the blood of Jesus. I was busy speaking in tongues, under my breath. Pointing at the lady, the African-American lady, quoting all the scriptures I knew, quoting the scriptures on favor. This woman will favor me. You won't collect the money. No, you won't collect my $100. The $100 is for feeding. You will not collect it from me. To subvert a man in his cause, the Lord does not approve. The, the Lord shall bless the righteous. He shall surround him with favors with the shield. He that dwelleth the secret of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will see of the Lord. I quoted all the scriptures. The lady looked at me and said, hey, baby, you're going to miss your flight. You better pay right now before you miss your flight. That, that, that thing was going to leave in another couple of minutes. And I needed to run to still go and get my boarding pass and then go to my boarding area. Long story short, I paid. 
I didn't want to pay, but I paid. Over there, they don't know. Oh, yeah, me, me. No, they don't know. If you see me when I'm caught up, when I'm taken up, you shall have it. But if not, it shall not be so. No fasting, no amount of fasting and prayer. He said the only condition is to pay attention. When you come to church, pay attention. Attention paying is different from offering, giving, and tithe paying. Attention paying is different from fasting and prayer. Everything has its own place. You don't go to the lecture in your school and your lecturer is lecturing you and you are busy with your head bowed on the desk. No, I don't need to listen to this mundane lecture. It's a carnal thing. I need to talk to God. Rabadosia Laba, one hour. You will fail that course. Oh God, why did you make me fail the course? No, God didn't make you fail the course. Your stupidity made you fail the course. There is a time for everything. Are you with me? Pay attention. If you see me when I'm taken up, then you have it. But if not, forget it. And the Bible says, as they went on, they talked. Elisha was a, was, was a very, very interesting character. He was talking, yet paying attention. They were talking, the two of them were talking, yet he was paying attention. All of a sudden from heaven, Elijah was taken up. If you see me when I'm taken up. And he saw him. He didn't only see him. He saw the angels riding the chariot. Because he shouted, my father, my father, behold, the, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Who do you think those horsemen were? They came from heaven. They were angels. He makes his angels ministers. Makes his ministers of, uh, uh, makes his angels spirit and his ministers flames of fire. And Elisha saw everything gadochi gadochi. Immediately, the mantle fell from Elijah. Elisha picked it up. A double portion of the anointing on Elisha, on Elijah, came upon Elisha. Elijah performed eight miracles in his lifetime. Eight, not seven, eight. I have a book by Marilyn Hiking. Highlighted the eight miracles. I used to think seven, but eight. Elisha performed 15 in his lifetime. That's double less than one. Then he died. And they buried him. The body rotting the way. Remaining only the bones in the sepulcher, in the grave. One day, a young man died in town. They were going to bury him. And they saw enemies coming. They saw some bandits from afar. They said, well, we are still alive. This one is dead. Let's save our own lives. So they did not get to his own sepulcher. They had dug for him. They just looked for one available sepulcher around, mistakenly. <laughs> but do you know God never makes mistakes? Yes, sir. Ah! God had ordained that that young man would live again. Probably the enemy killed him. He wasn't God. But God had ordained that this guy is not yet your time. They could not get to his sepulchre. If they had buried him in his sepulchre, that was the end of it. 
But it caused them to see the enemies coming. Were the enemies coming for you? You don't know. But we can't wait. We can't take chances. So they just look for any hole, any, any hole that has been dug, open. Mm. They just dropped the guy there and they took off. The next thing they knew, the guy took off after them. <laughs> Can you imagine the way they increased their speed? Okudalai. Anybody? Don't rise. <laughs> ah! They increased their speed, he increased his speed too. I'm sure some of them would have wounded themselves that day. Because they opened the mouth, they opened the door of their homes with their mouth. You know when you run into a door, you don't have time to look for Andrew. <laughs> they didn't expect him to leave. You know what happened? His dead body touched the bones of Elisha. Kelo Barata. The anointing was still resident in the bones. Even though Elisha had gone to heaven, he was dead. The anointing was still resident. When you are anointed, you are anointed. Don't make a mess of the anointing of God on your life. To make it simple, in the New Testament, if you have the Holy Spirit, you are anointed. So many of you today are anointed. Please, don't do certain things. Not because pastor is giving you rules of do's and don'ts and do's and... No, no, no. It is because of the treasure that you carry. We carry this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. When we say stop clubbing, it's not because we don't want you to enjoy your life. It is because of what you carry. That is not a good environment for what you carry. In death, he fulfilled that prophecy of the double portion. The 16th miracle, even in death. How did he get it? By fasting and praying? Focus. Turn to your neighbor and say, Focus. This generation, our major challenge is distraction. We are too easily distracted. And one major weapon of the enemy in your hand is your mobile phone. Your mobile phone is supposed to be a blessing. But if it so distracts you that even in the presence of God, you have no respect. By the grace of God, I've been privileged to meet some people. I mean some people. Without dropping names. A few weeks ago, I was anchoring an event and the vice president was there. One of the protocol details came to me before the vice president arrived and said, this is the order in which people are going to make remarks. He said, sir, the moment the vice president speaks and makes his remarks, no other person speaks. Is that clear? I said, ma, yes, ma. So anybody wants to make a remark, let them make their remark. The moment the vice president gets the mic and speaks, 
Nobody can show up and say, hey, well, it remains me. You, are, you have to call me. You have not called me. No, no. They will bundle you out. In fact, whoever gives you the mic, they will bundle both of you out. A few, day, a few nights ago, also I was somewhere, and the big woman in charge said to me, tomorrow is the event, and you know, you know protocol, Pastor Fred, you know protocol. The moment the governor speaks, no other person speaks. I said, yes, ma'am. That's protocol. You don't go to the governor and then you're... It's, the governor is talking to you and you're pressing your phone. <laughs> ah, Your Excellency. Honestly, eh? in fact, eh? if it's your dad, yeah, that could pass. I mean, that's, that's a father-son relationship. Am I right? That's daddy. Yeah? Even some of you, your dad will not take it. Your biological dad says, I'm talking to you and you are feeling with the, okay, now let the phone pay your school fees, all right? Ah, no, daddy, I'm sorry. How come? I've been to a couple of embassies to get visas to travel. They don't allow you to take your phone inside. Every battery-operated device, there's a place where you drop it. And you drop it at your own risk. So the smartest thing is put it in your car. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when you come to the presence of the Lord, you, you give him the honor. He's the Lord. Look, what we are lacking in our generation is the lack of the consciousness of the presence of God. We think God is not here. God is in heaven. It's just youth, young people that are here. That's why certain people do certain things. People even romance inside the church. Oh, yeah. Somewhere, sometime after the service, nobody's looking, and then they go to a corner and say, mm, it's just a bag. Nobody. <laughs> You've forgotten that this is the house of the Lord. Ah, it didn't just start today. The sons of Eli, they did it. They were sleeping with the women. And they were doing it in the sanctuary. So when judgment came on them, because their father did not scold them, God had sent a word to him. He said, ah, it's the Lord. Let him do whatever he likes. Whatever he likes, they died. And when the news came to him, he broke his neck on the chair and died. One of the wives that was pregnant got into forced labor and gave birth. Forced labor. It wasn't time, but it was forced labor. She gave that and named the child Ichabod. Ichabod means the glory has departed. Ogotilo, Sokotilo. Can you imagine that? Somebody say focus. This is a covenant going on here. Our future depends on this. Everybody will sit on the edge of the chairs. I want to hear what they are saying. Because our lives depend on this. And then they feed each other bread and then they, they exchange. That blood, as they take it, they are reminding themselves of walking in the blood of the animal. And then they exchange names, which is the last step. So he puts his name inside his name. He puts his name inside his name. That's why you see some family names are compound names. So this guy is Tosi Hunter. And this guy is Fola Farmer. FF. For La Fama? No, no, for La Professor. But let's say Fama for now. Let's say for La Fama and to see Hunter. Now in the covenant, it's going to be for La Hunter Farmer. That Hunter will come to the middle. While he will be to see Fama Hunter. That was what God did for Abraham in Genesis 17. After I cut the covenant with him in Genesis 15, 16, 
he now put his name. Genesis 16, actually. He put his name in Abraham's name. Ab Abraham. Abraham was Abraham. But God said, you will no longer be Abraham. You are going to be Abraham. Abraham. That ham there is Hashem. That's God's name. God put his name inside Abraham's name. That you are no longer going to be exalted father. Now, you become the father of many nations. Glory be to God. Go back to your seat. Celebrate Jesus this morning. A covenant is a serious thing. Hey, ladies, don't marry a stupid man. Men, don't marry a stupid lady. Let us not be stupid. Amen? Let us not be careless. Amen? Let's not be reckless. Amen? We have one life to live. One life to fulfill our destiny. One life to fulfill our purpose. Don't marry because of sentiment. Don't marry because somebody broke our heart and you came as Mr. Sweet-tongued, you know, honey, money. No. Oh, somebody broke your heart. Oh, break my heart. Say you love me again. I mean, I used to listen to R&B back, back in the day. Um, cried is hurt you cause when you walk out the door, walk the line. And cried is this. I cried so many nights. Um, break Honestly, if I wasn't born again, maybe I'd have been an R&B musician. <laughs> I like that thing, man. And sometimes, just, I just hug my pillow. I give you love. The things you want. And I will do anything for you. I will do anything, girl, anything for you. -na 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 -na. I know that he loves me because he tells me so. I know that he loves me because his feelings show. He's there for me. Remember the first day, the first day we met. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've been walking on the street like this. The thing is playing in my head. Walking on the campus, things playing in my head. And you know, when some relationship went sour, we also had music to console ourselves. There was one boys, two men I had then. Never, never let a broken heart take your chance to love away. Don't let it never make you fall apart. You know, you're trying to be a man. Oh, never. Never let a broken heart take you to love away. Never, do never. Nalayo, you go cry small. <laughs> music is powerful. You know why music is that powerful? Because originally it was made in heaven. Music wasn't created here. That's why, even if you don't like it, it's bad music. If you listen to it over time, over time, over time, over time. You could just be at an event and then you are tapping your foot. Bah, bah. You are a pastor. Doesn't matter. It doesn't respect you. You're just tapping your foot to the beat. To the beat. To the beat. It's, it's spiritual. It's deep. It has a way of connecting. Can we switch that and express our love to God?
Music can bring down his presence. And when his presence comes down, <laughs> mountains skip like rams in his presence. Every mountain that sees God like this will run. If you have read that in Psalm 114, I think it is, he said, what ill thee, O Jordan, that thou fledest? And you little hills. Can you give that to me? Come on, media. And, and you mountains. Thank you. Psalm 114 and verse 5. He said, what ill thee, O thou... Okay, no, let's take it from verse 1. Let's take it from verse 1. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language. Yeah? Judah was a sanctuary and Israel is dominion. Yeah? The sea saw it. Actually, it should be the sea saw him. Because the presence of God was leading them as a pillar of cloud by day and in the night would be a pillar of fire. Actually, one of the covenant names of God is I am. And that I am, like we have it in Isaiah 41, I'll show you very soon, is actually Aye Asha Aye, which means I am what I am and I will be what I will be. If you want me to be a healer to you, I will be a healer. If you want me to be your, your solicitor, I'll be your solicitor. You want me to be your doctor, I'll be your doctor. You want me to be your financier, I'll be your financier. Whatever you want me to be, I will be to you. Aye, Asha, Aye. That's Hebrew. The sea saw him and fled. The sea. Have you ever seen the sea? At least go to Lagos, go and see the sea. The sea is wide and massive. But the sea ran back. What? Jordan was driven back. Jordan put his gear in reverse. Why? Move. The mountains skipped like rams. The mountains. Huge mountains were skipping like rams. And the little hills like lambs. <laughs> Verse 5, they now ask the question. Kiloshier, what ailed thee? O thou see that thou fledest. Thou Jordan, that you put your gear in reverse. What happened to you? Ye mountains that you skipped like rams, and ye little hills like lambs. Tremble thou earth at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the God of Jacob. When he comes in his manifest presence, in his Shekinah glory, every problem must skip and run and run. Sickness will take off diseases of many years in one service, one worship night. can take off forever. Can I have an amen? amen? It doesn't matter whether it is cancer. Cancer is not as wide as Jordan. Jordan saw God and fled back. How much money are you owing? Is it as mighty as the sea? How much is your school fees? You want to kill yourself? Somebody broke your heart. You want to go and drink a hypo? Do you know how many guys, how many guys God has, I mean, God has got in the world? And there's still one handsome, God-fearing guy that is prepared for you? Those who kill themselves will never see a new chapter. Are you with me? So I curse depression now in the name of Jesus. And every suicidal thought, I put them in prison permanently and perpetually in the mighty name of Jesus. And I command every child of God in this house to be free in the name of Jesus. There is a better season. There's a more glorious season ahead of you and you will get there. They have not seen your best yet. Your best will come. The best is yet to come, but it will come. Your better days are still ahead of you in the name of Jesus. They are not behind you. They are ahead of you in the name of Jesus. And I pray as your pastor, you will get there. 
The things that are intimidating you today, tomorrow you will laugh at them. They will be the subject of your comedy in the name of Jesus. You say, ah, once upon a time. <laughs> I almost killed myself. Ah, what's that? <laughs> was that why I wanted to kill myself that time? Oh my God. Ah, I shall, I shall learn what you do. Bye. This God is so sweet. This God is so sweet. This God is, ah, I failed one course. And it was like the world, my world came crumbling. I didn't know I would still make it first class. I didn't know. I'll still make it to the top. I'll still make two one. I didn't know I was still working in the United Nations. I didn't know that someone like me that graduated with the tutu can still be invited to work in Switzerland. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Don't let one bad incident determine the entirety of your life. Are you with me? Because you're in a covenant relationship with God. I have one point for you today. You have a big brother. Say, I have a big brother. I don't want you to say big brother. 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 The. The. Brother. Say, I have a big brother. And I'm not saying big brother, Niger. I hope you don't watch those filthy things. Nigerians like entertainment so much. But certain things are not good for the soul of the Christian. That's not my job today. I want to wrap this up. And I hope I'm able to do that in the next 15 minutes. God has made this covenant with you in the blood of his own son. And is very, very passionate about it. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. Paul here, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. Paul was quoting Isaiah 52 and Ezekiel 20. And I want us to read it together. One, two, go. And what agreement hath the temple of God? I can't hear you. One, two, go. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. Say, I am the temple of the living God. That means God has come to dwell inside me. That's covenant. Two become one. As God had said, yeah, let's go on. I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Are you God's son? Are you God's daughter? Is he your God? Glory be to God. Verse 17. Wherefore, come out. Tell your neighbor, say, come out. Don't say, come out. Come on now. Say, come out. Come out. Come out from among them. A lot of you, are, I mean, you're going to the nations. Start practicing how to speak English in those nations. Don't get there and then you speak and they say, hey, we, I can't hear what you're saying. Could you please speak English? Yeah, I'm speaking English now. I might not speak English like this. I say, when you cross, you know, you cross the road, you now, you, you bend left. You now, excuse me, bend left? What you talking about? Come out, come out. Come out! Say that, everybody. Say, come out. Come out from among them and be now among them. Somebody say, them. Don't say them. Them, say them, say them. Somebody say, them. I want to hear that. Say, them. Mm -hmm. I taught English for many years, so you should get some free stuff from me. Some freebies. 
don't lie my judgment and say, hey, pastor, so them now. Ah. <laughs> Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, see at the Lord. Who said you should come out of them and be separate? Who said so? Who said so? Are you going to obey the Lord? So there are certain people, certain carcasses and circles, you need to come out from among them. Are you with me? He said, when you do that, and you don't touch the unclean thing, I will receive you. Next verse. And will be a father. Somebody say father. father. Don't say father. Say father. father. Don't say father, father. Say father. father. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Who said that? Who's going to be your father? Who's going to be your father? That's American English. Who's going to be your father? So are you, a, you're the daughter of whom? So somebody asks you, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Do you know that every situation that confronts you in life asks you that question, who are you? Every challenge in your body, in your finances, in your business, in your academics, in your relationship is asking, who are you? Tell that situation. Tell that devil, I am a son or I am a daughter of the Lord God Almighty. You are messing up with the wrong guy and you're going to get it. You're going to get it. Oh, you're going to get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. You're going to, mm, mm. You dare slap the daughter of the governor of this state. Your case will be heard in 2055. After some heavy punches on your face. That's the daughter of the governor. How much more the daughter of the almighty God? Somebody writes you. We're going to rape you before you graduate from this school. Ah, they want to rape me. Take it to the Lord. Daddy, see their threats. Deal with them. The equipment will not work again. They will have to come looking for you and say, um, uh, um, uh, um, I, I know this is embarrassing, but I just want to beg you. Please let me beg your God. <laughs> are, are you getting what I'm saying? Now, now. Now, you know, I haven't even come near you, but I, I just discovered for the last three days now, I, I mean, even if I watch porn, I, 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 I mean, Babylon has fallen and it's not rising anymore. Are, are, you, are you with me? They tried to shoot one guy, the, the, the kidnappers, this, this is in, uh, uh, this guy, uh, he was a student of Federal Polytechnic Nekede, somewhere in the east. They, they caught him along some other guys. And so they took them to the forest to kill them because they didn't have money. So probably wanted to butcher them and sell their body parts. And it was the first guy they said should step out, strip them naked, and pointed their AK-47 and tried to shoot him. And bullets wouldn't come out. They changed the gun, took another one. Maybe he didn't have bullets. Boom! It didn't come out. Took the third one, the fifth one, number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. None of the guns worked. They said, this guy must be strange. So they let him go. The third day, the head of the bandits now went to locate the guy in the school. Because you know these guys know, they know then all the areas. And found the guy on campus. Hey, come over here. I know me. 
Say, ah, I know you. How I know me? He said, you are the head of the people that caught me three days ago. I wanted to kill me. He said, very good. Come here. Took him to a corner. He said, I just want to beg you. What is the secret? What is that power? Take me to the place where you got that power. That power. Power. That power that you use. Because, listen, it had never happened that they would catch anybody and try to kill them and bullets will not come out. One. Two. Since the day we tried to kill you with those guns, those guns have not been working. They took the wrong guy. They took a guy anointed by God. They took a guy in a covenant relationship. His mother was a cleaner in a church in Abuja. A widow that would just go to church and clean, clean, clean. We say some of you come and clean the house of God. Say, no, I'm too big for that. What do you mean cleaning the house of God? I'd never clean my father's house. The mother, a widow sweeping the church. I know the church. I know their pastor. I heard the testimony from their pastor in the pastor's conference. First of all, firsthand, then I now saw it online. My God, Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Henceforth, let no man trouble me. I pray for you, expression house. Henceforth, let no man trouble you. Because you bear in your body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jehovah, Yehoshua Christos. They lie against you, their mouth will be stuck. <laughs> That's what you get for lying against the child of God. That's what you get. Moses was not there when Miriam and Aaron were talking about him. What does he think he is? Because God is using him as a prophet. Doesn't God use us too? Am I not a prophetess? That's Miriam, Moses' sister. Moses was not there when they were talking about him. God called the meeting. Aaron, Miriam, Moses. Oh yeah, meet me at the tent door. And God came down. If there be any prophet among you, I speak to them in dreams and visions. But Moses, my servant, I speak to. Not so Moses, because Moses, my servant, I speak to face to face and mouth to mouth like a friend speaks to a friend. What's wrong with you people? They were beefing him. Now you, Miriam, you'll be leprous for seven days. And when you are leprous under that covenant, they will cast you out of town. You'll be in the colony with lepers. Immediately God said that, God was going to go. Moses began to beg. Moses was an intercessor, a man of prayer, a man of prayer, that God gave attention to the prayer of Moses. Moses began to pray, Lord, she is me they talked about. Please, forgive them. Surely this one, my sister. God said, if her father spits on her face, will she not be ashamed for at least seven days? So let her go for seven days. Maybe it would have lasted forever. But God had mercy just for seven days. Do you think that Miriam would come back from the seven-day trip and ever in her life talk about Moses again? If Aaron brought a gist about Moses, Miriam would just say, uh, I'm going higher, yes I am. I'm going higher today. I'm going above the shadow. Miriam, wait now. See, I just want to tell you about our brother. Into the presence of God. You know, sometimes people talk about you behind you. They don't know that God hears because you are not there does not mean that God is not there. Are you with me, church? Somebody say, I have a big brother. Paul was quoting when he said that 2 Corinthians 6, 16 to 18. He was quoting Isaiah 52 and Ezekiel 20. 
I might not be able to finish this today, but I'm glad to at least do something. Old Testament writers use the covenant word, which in Hebrew is Hasid. Somebody say Hasid. H-E-S-E-D. I've taught you Hasid before. C-H-E-S-E-D. Uh, Greek, but this one is Hebrew. H-E-S-E-D. Hasid. Hasid. H-E-S-E-D. Well, that's, that's Hebrew as well, but it's just different spelling. Now, in some translations, you see this word translated as uh, loving kindness or tenderness or mercy, sometimes even grace. But I tell you that um, those translations do not capture the depth of that word seed. I want to explain it to you as we close this morning. seed actually describes, perhaps, what goes on in the inside of a mother or a father when their child is threatened. But it even goes beyond that. You guys are not fathers or mothers yet. But imagine you were a father and somebody's threatening your child. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to break your neck. Ah. You first of all tell your child, son, step aside. <laughs> Oga, come here. You do what? Say it again. Um, no, I was just uh, trying to say that um, you better change it. You don't know who you're messing with. That's the son of an army general. Even if I were not an army general, if you threaten my son or my daughter, you will have me on your hands. One boy, who is now a member of this church, used to bully my son in school. He was way, way, way my son's senior. And then they would call him all the manner of names. Uh, Shorty, whatever. Very terrible names. Interestingly, he's also a pastor's son. So my son came home and, 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 you know, and made a case. And day one, I didn't, I didn't listen much. Day two, I said, okay, let me listen. Day three, he was still repeating the same thing. This boy would taunt him and make jest of him and make him feel really bad, make him the butt of cruel jokes. So I drove up to the school one day like Jehu. My driving that day was the driving of Jehu. You find that in the Bible. Jehu was known for his driving. Very fierce guy. As I got to the school gate, I pulled the brakes. And guess who came out first? That boy. I put the gear in park. Pulled the handbrake. I jumped out of the car. I jumped on his neck. I held him by the collar. Pastor Fred, yes sir. I held him by the collar. I said, you call my son, sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm sorry, Pastor. Then I left him. You don't ever do that again. I said, I knew you when you were born. I was there. You were short. <laughs> you were not born tall. God has helped you over the years to attain the height that you have now. You better not let me report you to God so that you can be taller than this. And my son is supposed to be your younger brother. And your dad is a pastor in our ministry. I'm a pastor. He's a pastor. We're colleagues. They're supposed to be well taught, not using words that can demoralize young people. You're about seven years older than him for crying out loud. That's supposed to be your younger brother. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sir. I'm not doing it again. Oh, no, I'm not doing it. I said, you better, you better warn yourself. Got into my car. Then my son bounced, entered the school. You know, my son looked at him like, yeah. <laughs> I got a daddy, daddy, daddy. Come and praise God. You have a daddy, daddy, daddy. Amen. Yeah. Satan comes to harass you. Remind him you have a covenant with the most high God. He's your father. Amen. Yeah. 
Anybody that comes against you comes against God. Can I have an amen? amen. And who can stand against the Lord? Who can stand against the king? And oh, oh, victory belongs to Jesus. Now listen, church. Her seed is the force. That rises inside a covenant brother, causing him to show himself strong for the benefit of his covenant brother or covenant family. That force that rises inside you. Can I describe it this way? My own definition. When you're a Mokola boy and you are tough, and you went out someday and you came back and you saw a young man harassing your mom. Oh, the boys responded. <laughs> they know the feeling. You, you, you know the feeling? I mean, she's, he's telling your mom. She said, wow. She said, no, ma. And you were coming from afar, right? And your guys were playing draft on the other side of the street. So nobody saw the scenario. And your mom is shouting, ah, you this small boy. I said, wow. And then you started running down the road. That's not the time to stroll. That's the time to run. And before you got there, the guy pushed your mom by the chest. Bah. God bless the guy. And God bless mama. I don't know if this happened before I gave my life to Christ. Confession time. I actually told them in that house that night they were not going to sleep. The whole house was not going to sleep. Somebody harassed my mom. He didn't beat my mom. But he said nasty things. And that man must be about 15 years older than me. There is something, there's a bond between the son and the mother. <laughs> Are you with me? It's, it's like father-daughter too. Father-daughter. You want the wrath of a man. Go and beat his daughter. See, some of you guys, you know, you say, that girl, she's so saucy. And you give her a slap. She's saucy. Walk away. She's so slim. What's your problem? Even if a girl tells you you're stupid. Are you stupid? Hey, walk away. But you don't say, eh, for saying I'm stupid, dosa. Eh. You don't know who the father is, who. Have you seen fathers go to school to beat, to beat, to beat teachers? You know what rose inside them? Something rose. Oh, rose. Oh, ru. Hasid, nongwe. Hasid. H-E-S-E-D. It's a covenant word. I would do anything. When I call on Jesus, all things are possible. That song says, um, um, I can mount on wings like eagle and so on. When I call on Jesus, mountains are going to fall. This is where I'm going. Because he, he'll move heaven and earth to come rescue me when I call. Jesus will move heaven and earth to come rescue me when I call. <laughs> what will make him move heaven and move earth? Her seed. Somebody say her seed. I'll take it up from there next week. Let me wrap it up here. Her seed is why we can boldly say, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is where I'm going to stop. 
Glory be to God. Give it to me, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 8. We are going to read 10 verses, 8 to 18. Hallelujah. And then I want us to take the communion in the spirit of Hasid, with this revelation that God will do anything to get to us. There is no wall he won't tear down. No lie he won't kick down. Coming after me. That's Hasid. He will rather leave the 99 and come get me the bad boy. Everybody calls you the bad boy, the black sheep of the family. Jesus so loves you, he will leave the 99 righteous to come after you, the bad boy. I would have really been bad. I wanted to be bad. I look forward to being bad. I grew up in the midst of bad people. You know what I mean? Bad people, not wicked, but bad. Indian ham, cigarette, alcohol, norma, norma runs. So I, I wanted to grow up. I look forward to growing up, to doing those things too. But somewhere along the line, Jesus just arrested me, kind of. What? I wanted to be bad. But he came for me. Maybe by now I'd have been wasted. I'd have gone on a mission of no return. I'd have been sent on an errand by Satan. Probably would have lost my soul in hell. Oh, hell is the place of eternity. Nobody goes there and comes back. Heaven is eternity as well. Everyone who goes there never wants to come back. The reason we don't have so much description of heaven is so that we won't be wanting to go now. Heaven is so real, guys. As real as the chair you are sitting on. As real as the floor you are standing on. Even more real. It's another place. It's another planet. They are not floating in heaven in the air. Man, I don't want to go to that heaven. It's going to be boring. No, baby. That place bubbles. Bubbles with the presence of the Lord. And in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand pleasures forevermore. There is no depression in heaven. May I shock you. No hospitals in heaven because nobody falls sick. There is no bank there because nobody lacks money. Nobody lacks resources. Nobody lacks anything. No litigation because nobody has to sue anybody to court. So judges are jobless in heaven. Doctors are jobless in heaven. Engineers, don't worry about that. Everything is already engineered before you get there. Glory be to God. All the roads are paved with gold. Crystal clear. Crystal clear. Heaven is beautiful. I don't want to miss it. Take away the Rolls Royce of this world. Give me heaven. But what is the way to heaven? Jesus. Not religion. My dad is a pastor. My mom is a lady evangelist. I was born on a Sunday in the mission house. That doesn't qualify you for heaven. You got to give your heart to Jesus. You got to let him come in. When he comes in, heaven comes in. And then you live a good life here. And the best hereafter. Glory be to God. Because of her seed, we can say this. And I want us to say this together. From verse 8 to verse 18. Because of the covenant relationship we have with God. Oh God, I didn't have time to explain one scripture to you today. But I, I, won't, I won't stretch it beyond this. I, I'll, go, I'll, I'll continue next Sunday by the grace of God. Amen. If Christ has not returned, amen. <laughs> so, I'll show you. I mentioned it last week, but I'll show you more graphically next week how God was swearing to Abraham the blessing in the blood. And that blessing was to Abraham and to his seed. And that seed being Christ. And anyone that receives Christ receives the same promise. All the promises. Let's stand and take this together. Say with me, because of a seed. 
I can boldly say. Now let's read. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are not hopeless. There might be troubles around us, but we are not hopeless. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body. The dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus also might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. I speak life. I speak healing. I speak restoration over my life. I speak wisdom. I speak acceptance. I'm accepted in the beloved. I am loved of God. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not but though our outward man perishes, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Every challenge I'm going through right now, say it, say it. Every challenge I'm going through right now is temporal. But the covenant promises of God are eternal. So I rest on the eternal covenant promises of God. I am covered. I am blessed. I am healed. I am forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Do we have communion, ushers?